We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? Christy Winter Scott alongside Gabe Ibrahim for Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott and Gabe, listen, I thought that we had discussed every possible trade or every possible thing that could go down in the WNBA free agency, but my mind is completely blown because all the things that we discussed I, I think I, I'm over. I think I, I'm like over. Like <laughs> it, it really transpired, but wow, some fireworks last oh, week yeah. with free agency movement over the weekend as well. Yeah, I mean, I think this may be a tipping point for WNBA free agency in the same way that starting with Candace Parker, right? This can I, I wrote about this. A few people have wrote about this, like. This is the biggest free agency move in the history of the league. These players don't typically just sign with other teams in their, we'll say extended prime for Candace. if you don't want to say she's in a prime. If she just won Defensive Player of the Year, I'd say that's pretty prime. But this is sort of like LeBron's decision. LeBron's decision took NBA free agency from something that was interesting to fans to a mega event. And that's, I think, I think that's where we are with Candace, and that was something that neither of us, we were both like, that's not happening. There's no way that's happening. Um, I mean, it was intriguing to think that she could possibly, you know, have the opportunity, obviously, to go home and play, and mm-hmm. Vander Quiggs is sitting there right in Chicago waiting to, you know, feed her in transition. I get it, but I did not think that uh, the pull from home would, would take her back to Chicago. I think that she said it was a tough choice, but she also said that she's at peace with it. So, I mean, I'm not upset that she did it, but I am quite surprised that she did it. I thought that, mm-hmm. you know, she would she would have the the stability there in L.A. to to stay and, and finish out her career there. But I did watch um, NBA on TNT last night mm-hmm. and she was on there with um, D. Wade and Shaq and everything. And. And D Wade's from Chicago, and you know, and I said that I think last week about yeah. D Wade. You know, at the end of his career, you know, he went back to Chicago for a minute, and you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I ignore as great. a Heat fan, that never happened. But yes, you can talk about it. <laughs> so mad about that, but I, you know, I, I thought it was really refreshing to see the support, and not that the support wasn't there previously, but I think that. You know, the brotherhood and the sisterhood of the WNBA and NBA, I think we always talk about it, but it was on full display last Mm -hmm. night when they were discussing Candace leaving the LA Sparks and going to Chicago to play for the Sky and and how she reached out to players like KD. She reached out to Dwayne Wade, you know, obviously being from Chicago as well. And, you know, obviously with with Shaquille sitting right there with, with them and 
saying that the legend Candace Parker, like they they were speaking of her with reverence mm-hmm. and respect and you know, they were there for her as as big brothers, as touchstones for her to have that guidance and encouragement. So, I mean, it was it was a great moment to hear her speak about Layla and how, you know, she's going to wear a Sparks jersey, you yeah. know, until the first game. And then, you know, she was raised in L.A. from a baby. So I just thought it was really special to to see that support and to know that, you know, she was talking about her grandma's face, Candace's grandma's mm-hmm. face and how. She was so excited that she was going to have her back home in Chicago. So I thought it was very sweet. It, it was special. And like in the press conference yesterday, there was 112 reporters in the Zoom. I've never seen that. Wow. I've never ever seen that in this league. There's been big things that have happened. This is, it may be the, the biggest. And I think this, is, like I said, I think this could be a tipping point here. But I, the other thing I want to ask you about, because I know we differ a lot on players changing teams and, and kind of um, free agency generally. And I think the thing that really stuck out to me from Candace's press conference and then from Cheryl Reese's press conference um, went about Kayla McBride, which we'll talk about. Um, what Candace said was, I got to do this on my own. This was not a situation where I was leaving, kicking and screaming. I'm not disgruntled. I love the sparks, right. but yeah. I get to exercise my rights and my freedom as an unrestricted free agent. And that's not something that has happened often in this league for, for a player of Candace's uh, stature because yeah. of the core designation. It's just not been possible for right. someone like her to make a decision like this. She would have to force her way out and kind of leave quote unquote kicking and screaming. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask you um, and, and to, to touch on what Cheryl Reeve said, sorry, Cheryl Reeve was like, you know, I'm someone who, who, uh, this is what Cheryl Reese said. I, she likes players staying with their one team. You know, that's how she grew up in basketball. That's how you grew up in basketball. Yeah. yeah. D Wade stayed with my team for the, the vast majority of his career. Yeah. You know, I grew up with Dirk. So right. she was saying, I, I really like that. But the, the ability, the players now have the ability to decide this. And that's what's important. So I was kind of wondering what your thoughts are on Candace and Cheryl's comments and just this idea of freedom. Like how important is that even if it costs us something that we like? Man, that's such a great question, Gavin. And I appreciate Cheryl Reed for saying that because I, I definitely fully understand it a thousand mm-hmm. percent. And I think that when Candace said that she worked hard to have the ability mm-hmm. to be a restricted free agent, an unrestricted free agent, pardon me, that she would be able to uh, have that freedom to make the decision. And whether she stayed or not, it was up to her. And she wasn't locked in contractually by someone else uh, mm-hmm. to a situation. So when she said it that way, I I've, I kind of understood it a little bit better from her perspective. And again, not upset at all. I love yes. Dennis Parker. Okay, so let's get that straight. But for for her to say that over the course of her career, like she came in as a 22-year-old, baby hairs laid uh, to a 34-year-old mom of, of Layla, the sweet baby. And I just think that you know, she's evolved and she's matured and we've seen her evolve and mature both competitively and obviously as a mom. So you have to um, give her that space mm-hmm. and respect the fact that that's what you work for. You work for that level of freedom, regardless of, of who you are and, uh, you know, what what level player you are in terms of your skills and, and awards over the years, like MVP rookie of the year and all the things that she's, she's done in the WNBA and with the Olympics. But I, I appreciate her for saying that because that, that helps me. And I, I think, you know, I'm not sure if um, Cheryl Reeve would, would agree with that as well, because we did come through the game where the loyalty piece was at the forefront. Like, that was it. Like, you go to this team, like, you give your all to this team, you stay with that team, you are locked into that team. So, I mean, you know, I always talk about, you know, the transfer portal, uh, you know, making my the back of my neck itch. And it does still. It's (laughs) not going to change that. But I think that, you know, when when players work hard in the the professional ranks – 
to be an unrestricted free agent and they can make their own moves and choices and they're not, you know, led by others to do something that may or may not be in their heart to do. Mm-hmm. I think following her heart back home is commendable. And, yeah. and the reasons why she's doing it, it's not a financial thing. It's not, you know what I mean? It's not something that's outside of who she is as a woman. Mm-hmm. She's making that decision based on her heart and all the decisions, Gabe, you know, and you're, you're, you know, a youngster. Listen, <laughs> I'm giving you a little uh, um, mom wisdom here. Look, all of the decisions that I've made in my life that, that have depended upon my heart to decide them have always been right. Mm-hmm. The ones where I have gone against, or if I have a gut pull, like, Oh, I don't know about that. All the things that I went against that, that gut feeling, that heart, that emotion, and not so good, mm-hmm. not so good. So I think for her to make that decision based on her heart, based on her family, based on where she is at this point in her career, I, I love it. And, yeah. and I appreciate her for, for breaking it down the way that no, she did. And I agree. I, I, I think, you know, I, that's what I like about it, that, that you get that, yeah. that decision now. You, you can yeah. do that. And I think it, the other thing I like about it is it makes loyalty a two-way street. You know, so when, when we're talking about, uh, you know, Larry Bird spent his whole career in Boston. Maybe Larry spends his whole career in Boston regardless, right? Because he just loves being with yeah. the Celtics. You, you talk about um, I, any of any superstar, right? You can talk Magic. about huh? Michael, Magic and Michael. These and, and it makes it, but now you have to have loyalty both ways because the loyalty, and I'm sure this is not why the, the Sparks didn't do anything wrong from what we can tell. Maybe the decision to core NECA instead of Chelsea. Maybe that that opened the door to this happening. You know, there's there's certain things I'm sure they could have done differently. Um, but I, I don't think there's like something you could say, OK, like, you know, like with with they're, they're, they didn't do anything wrong there. Um, yeah. yeah. So it, but it makes it a two way street. You got to be loyal to me. You got to provide an atmosphere for me that I'm I'm happy and I'm not and not just because I'm winning, because the people here are good people and we get along and we care about the same things. That's what's important here. And I think to have to, to yes, opening the door is going to lead to some Candace Parker's leaving. It's going to open the door to Simone Augustus leaving, which to me was unfathomable entering last year's free agency. Crazy. Yeah. But you got to also, I think you, you also have to look at it from the player's perspective of saying, well, they got to be loyal to me. They got to show me that I'm, important. I'm someone that they want to, to build around, that they want to be around and that they're giving me an atmosphere that is special. So um, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for what this move means for the league. I'm really excited for what it means on the court for the yeah. Chicago sky and Candace Parker. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. Um, we could talk about it right now too, I mean, but I, I'm just, it, it's, it's a good moment yeah. for, for the league, even though it's something that I think, a lot of people may look at it and be like, wow, I wish Candace would spend her entire career with the Sparks. It's still good to have to be able to say, well, Candace could make that decision. Whereas someone like Elisa Leslie couldn't. Not that she would have left. Yeah, but, but she didn't have she that. Yeah. She didn't have that decision. Yeah. Um, and so we'll we'll uh, we'll see how this affects other superstars going forward. Uh-huh. Um, but the other thing that Cheryl that Cheryl said, I thought was interesting too, was there's going to be plenty of players who, who stay with their team um, forever. Cause I think there's people that are built like you. Right. I don't want to put this pressure on her, but I think Asia Wilson, for example, is a, pl- is a player who's built like you, the, that kind of old school mentality of, I want to be here for the rest of my career. And she's happy there. So those two things combined, she may stay for her, inter- her entire career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and now Chelsea Gray is there. <laughs> that's not bad either my gosh yeah uh so we got we got some we got some big moves i'll let me let me list a couple of these out so we could talk about them um because there there's a seismic shift also just on the court of of what's going to happen this year <laughs> let alone what's what's going to happen in the future there's been a lot of movement so candace parker's on the sky uh chelsea gray is um on is on the is on the Las Vegas Aces. Benajelani's on the New York Liberty. We got 
uh, Alicia Clark coming to the Washington Mystics. We got Kayla McBride going to Minnesota. We have Ariel Powers in Minnesota. But we also have Sue Bird and Diana Rossi staying put, which I'm very glad that happened because that would have blown my mind. I would not have been able to do this podcast because my brain would have been on the wall. Um, but let's... Huh? I said unless Tarasi was coming to DC, but you know, other than that, it's (laughs) it still would have blown my mind. I would have been. It's too much. It's it's a little too much with Candace at the same time. Um, so where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Candace uh, with Candace in Chicago, just the on court fit, and whether you think this makes them a favorite? I I like that discussion. I I just think that with Courtney Vandersloot, I mean, first of all, how smart is Candace Parker, right? I mean, she's going to a situation where. She's leaving one point guard mm. and playing with another one uh, in mm-hmm. Chicago. So, I mean, wasn't that the whole debate basically all, all we, of last season? Like we had a whole debate. We had a whole show about that. <laughs> we did like which one, you know, but now, you know, she gets to to play with, with Sloot and I just, and you know, and everybody else as well. And, you know, Vander Quiggs and all of that, we get it. But at the same time, like playmakers are playmakers. Mm-hmm. Point guards are the table setters. They set everybody up to their their sweet spots and and get them where where they want to be. And I just think with um, with Courtney Vandersloot and Candace Parker being on the floor at the same time, I, I get a lot of Stockton and Malone vibes. Like, oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Like transition, um, not just Sloot feeding Parker, but the other way around. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when we saw um, Malone feeding Stockton sometimes mm-hmm. in their two-man game, I just think the two-man game is is so intriguing uh, in that respect. And then you have Allie Quigley, who's going to space the floor. Mm-hmm. Candace can knock in threes. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what kinds of things they can run now with a player like Candace Parker on the court. It's it is fascinating how many options they have mm-hmm. because of how many skilled players they have who can all handle the ball. I mean, if you're putting out, let's say their lineup is Vandersloot, Quigley, Diamond to Shields. As I'm listing this out, this is getting more ridiculous. Uh, Candace Parker and Stephanie Dolson, perhaps. I mean, they have some options as to um, who they're going to run with, right. but the. The, the things that I'm excited, like, I'm, I'm just excited for some wrinkles because James Wade is a great coach. He's, he loves drawing up plays. He loves having some interesting wrinkles. So, like, you know, give me give me Quigley screening for Candace Parker, right? Quigley's a great screener. And then if she pops out to the three-point line, I don't know how you're going to stop that. Give me a diamond, the shields, and Candace Parker pick and roll. That's what I'm excited about, too, is, like, we're going to see Candace in more pick and rolls because in L.A., they just they ran a different system. So now we're going to see her more in pick and rolls. She's going to be at the rim a lot more. She can get so many easy buckets. Um, it, it's going to – I think there's a lot of, of questions still for me in terms of them being the title favorites. I think they're certainly a title favorite. But uh, I, I think a lot of those come down to – is Diamond the Shields a superstar that we think she can be? And I, I have no reason to doubt that she could do that. Um, she, is she healthy? Is, the, is she healthy is the main question on that. I think that's the main thing with, with the Shields because she can flat out go. I mean, she was going to be like coming into the season this past year. She was in, in the discussion for MVP, right? Mm-hmm. Coming in. Yep. I mean, she was on the MVP watch. They were side-eyeing her name coming into the year. And, you know, she just wasn't healthy enough and, and had to eventually leave uh, Florida, but I think, you know, hey, she comes back healthy. Parker, Vander Quiggs, ooh, I, that's going to be fun to see that team uh, continue to uh, evolve and change with with Candace Parker on the court with them. You know who I forgot is Azrae Stevens. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, lest we forget, listen, and Dolson, you know, they have got size inside, so Candace is not going to have to be banging down the blocks. No. You know, and she's going to be able to stretch the floor like she likes to do anyway. Like she wants she wants that. Yeah. And I wonder I wonder if she's going to have some more um, just like playing a little bit less minutes, if that's going to help her be 100 percent in the playoffs, because I'd say in the last two years, um, she hasn't been 100 percent. I think that's a lot to do with the workload that she has in the regular season, even on a great team like L.A., just because of the way they play and you know, the, the irreplaceableness of her right. on, on LA uh, made it, made it put a little bit of a extra strain on her. So I'm excited to see her in Chicago. Certainly one of the title favorites. 
Uh, one of the speak, speaking of starting lineups, let me uh, let me tell you the LA the uh, Las Vegas Aces starting lineup. We have Kelsey Gray at the point. We have Kelsey Plum at the two. We got Angel McCautry at the three. We have Asia Wilson, last year's MVP at the four, and Liz Cambage, assuming that she's coming back. It seems like they that is happening. Um, Bill Ambeer mentioned that she's going to be on the court with them. Didn't mention that she was, she was resigning or anything. Not that he could mention that, but he said her name in, in, in relation to all of this. So we're assuming she's coming back. So, and you have De'Erica Hamby coming off the bench. And it's, that's, that's so much talent. Insane. So yeah, listen, if that is not, first of all, the biggest lineup in the league with Gray and, you know, and then the, the dynamic duo inside and McCautry and, oh, my gosh. I mean, is anyone – okay, Plum is the only one under, like, 5'10". Like, mm-hmm. like, everybody else And Plum's like, strong. People forget how strong Kelsey Plum is. Yeah, she's strong and skilled. I mean, the lefty, you know, she can get by you. She defends. She's scrappy. But then again, you know, everyone wants to see how she's going to come back from that Achilles yeah. injury. And, um, you know, if she has that, that, that explosiveness and, you know, we've seen players come back from it and be fine. So we've discussed that as well, you know, in, in the, uh, in the NBA with like John Wall and KD, you know, everyone's like, well, mm-hmm. will they have that, that step? Will they be able to come back and, and not miss a beat that way? And, and they've been fine. So, I mean, I think just with uh, technology and the way, um, medicine is now, I, I think there's so many different, um, different, I guess, post-surgical strengthening exercises that get players right back to where they were. And, you know, I think she's going to be great. But that lineup, I'm telling you, I mean, you see those guys walk onto the court for a jump ball, you know, that's, I mean, it's exciting because I want to see how they look together. But if you're an opponent, that's, that's a daunting matchup, just size-wise. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, whether you're talking what we're going to do against a team like that offensively or how we're going to guard them. Yeah. Like, how are you going to – not every team is going to possess the size. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, okay, they're, they're big inside, so they're going to go in there every time. No, I mean, McClatchy can post up. Chelsea Gray can post up. Like <laughs> – Let's not get that twisted. Let's not think it's just about their 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 size being on the interior. Like they can yeah. they can post multiple players every time down. They can give everybody a turn, you know, on the blocks, and they can have their back to the basket. So, I mean, that's that's a tough cover for a lot of squads in the in the league for sure. Angel McCautry is the fifth potentially the fifth option on this offense. That's insane, especially considering how well she played last year. Uh, I think she's going to have a similar role. And, <laughs> I mean, this team is unbelievable. Uh, they still don't have – I mean, it's the same thing we talk about every year at the Aces. Like, they're, they're – get it. They're not going to shoot threes. Chelsea is a, is a three-point shooter. She can be. That's not her main game, though. And I just, I just don't think they're going to suddenly be this three-point shooting team. So, they're just going to have to run – the, what they've been doing, I think they will. And and Chelsea actually mentioned in the press conference yesterday, like the pick and roll game is going to be crazy with yes. her, with her Cambage and Wilson running a, a like imagine a horns action here with with with, with uh, Wilson. I mean with um, Cambage popping because we've seen her shoot threes in the off season. Big guard. Yeah, she a big guard, and and she's gonna be coming out popping, and Asia's gonna be rolling, and then you have Chelsea Gray at the ball. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what you do um, with that. She's gonna be, she's gonna be no look passing, like, oh my god, because you have to pay attention, to everybody. If she has the mm-hmm. ball, you have to pay attention to who she's looking to. Oh my god, that's gonna be that's gonna be so much fun to watch. It really is, and, and see how they evolve as a team in terms of their chemistry. Like everyone's saying, like on paper. You know, teams can look one way and then, you know, they get out on the floor and, it, and it's not quite what you thought. But, you know, I, I can't I can't fathom them not looking great <laughs> on paper and on the floor. I think this is going to be one of those things where, uh, you know, that that old adage is is not indicative of, of what this team is going to be able to do for sure. 
They'll they'll have growing pains. Every team in the league, once you're adding players or subtracting players, you're going to have growing pains because that's how basketball works. Like it, it takes some time to get used to everyone. Once it clicks, though, I think they may be unstoppable. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, and the other thing is here, um, I really just love what the Aces are building. I mean, they've gotten people to to take pay cuts. They've gotten people to commit to this team and they seem to be building a culture of sacrificing things for winning. Cause every Chelsea Gray is going to have to sacrifice something here because she's playing with all this talent. Angel McCautry sacrificing a ton in terms of minutes and, and shots, you know, Kelsey Plum sacrificing month. There's so much sacrifice going on there that it leads me to believe that this team is ready to take that next step and win a championship once you get all this buy-in from these players in the offseason i think that translates to how you play on the court no question about it i mean i think that you know having that summer last year i think that has um changed a lot of teams for the better and i think you know if you're talking about alicia clark she said that she was side-eyeing washington while they Mm -hmm. were down in florida and the culture of of their organization and how well the players meshed with one another and not that she was like considering at that particular time but she noticed it. And these yeah. players had opportunities down there. I mean, being in the same area for three mm-hmm. months or four months, I just think that, you know, it really gives you a chance whether you are on your particular team or uh, side eyeing some other situation. Mm-hmm. And well, how, how are these people really? Right. And that's yeah. what you were talking about. It's not just, you know, am I going to be able to, to get my average? But who are these people I'm playing with? And I think that for Alicia Clark to say, well, when I was down there, I observed how well um, Washington dealt with one another and, and how they are as people mm-hmm. and how they treat each other. Uh, I think that that spoke volumes to the culture that Mike Tebow has set for the organization over the last several seasons. Yeah, and, and it's similar in – you know, and we'll talk about Minnesota in a little bit. We keep, te- keep teasing Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota obviously has that culture. I think Vegas has that culture. Chicago has that culture. I think a lot of teams in this league are building that culture of selflessness, of being able to say, hey, look, you're going to come here. You're going to be surrounded by good people. We're going to care about you, not just the player. And that's something that I've heard a lot from a lot of players and a lot of people around the league about how you have to now, you have to sell people on, yeah, you're going to do great on the court. You're also gonna. We're also gonna take care of you off the court. We're gonna make sure that you are satisfied as a person here, and that's huge. Just think about your life. Like you don't have to. You don't have to like think this right. Like your life, and you want to be working with people that care, that that care, that come into work and do their job. That you like to be around. That make you laugh. I think those types of things become evident as you're saying when you get to see it up close and personal in the bubble. But let's talk about Alicia Clark because, uh, yes we will all desperately miss Ariel Powers. She's one of the most interesting basketball players and people who I've had the good chance of being around for a long time. Uh, Alicia Clark is a, 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 a different sort of interesting and a different player with championship experience and one of the best defensive players in the league. The amount of times that you watch a game and you see a play get blown up. If you can't tell when you're playing the Seattle Storm, if you can't tell what happened on that play to make it blow it up, guess what? It was probably Alicia Clark doing something because she yeah. does it all the time. And she's been such a thorn in the side of the Washington Mystics that I think like just getting her to not have to play against her is such a big deal for them. Um, but she's really excited to be here. And you know, were you in the press conference with her yesterday? I was in that. Yeah. And I, I think that you know, the things that, that she said, obviously, what I was saying about her being in the bubble and, mm-hmm. and watching the Mystics um, from a distance, I think that that was the thing that stood out to me the most. But also, you know, I asked uh, Mike Tebow about what her role would be, because if you go back to her college days, I mean, she averaged 28, 29 points to lead the entire country in scoring. So her role, yes, in the WNBA as of late anyway, has been to defend the ball and defend off the ball and do that role to perfection, which she has, but she also has the ability to score the ball. Like this is a player who can flat out score it on like one through four positions. Like she's strong. She has 
the capability of creating her own shot. And I think that's the beauty of it. But when Mike Tebow answered me and said, well, you know, we don't need for her to, you know, score, you know, that many points for us because we have, uh, you know, a couple players who can put the ball in the basket, but foul trouble, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. illness or injury or whatever like that. Hey, we know that we can say, hey, you need to dial it up a little bit offensively and that's not going to be a stretch for her. She's going to be able to do that because she has the ability. But I think the the most beautiful thing about Alicia Clark joining the Washington Mystics is that she's going to morph into what the team needs. And she's so selfless in that way that if you say, hey, we don't need you to score like at all. We just need you to flat out stop the other player mm-hmm. on the other team. Like you have number 20 and she's not touching it and you take her out of the game and we're we're winning. And she's going to be like, okay, she's not going to be like hunting her shot. Like, well, what about me on my offense? Like, she's not that kind of a player and, in terms of her mentality. She is selfless. She's uh, all about the team first. And, and that's why she's won championships. I think she's a perfect fit. You know, we taught, we've been around this team a long time. We've been around this team. I mean, I've been around this team for two years. You've been around this team for much longer. You can see this locker room is special and in, in that way that I think really vibes with a player like Alicia Clark, who is selfless, who is going to just say, Hey, I'm going to do whatever I want. And she's really excited to be in this city, especially um, with, you know, Natasha cloud, who is expected to resign here um, in terms of being able to do stuff with social justice, because obviously we're in the capital of the United States and we're in a, we're in a place that is riddled with social injustice. And Natasha cloud has been doing a ton for the communities here. I expect Alicia Clark to also do a ton for the communities in our area. And that's so exciting for me as just a person who lives here, let alone a basketball fan who's going to be around them. Like that's awesome. Um, In other mystics news that I did want to, I did want to say Latoya Sanders resigned. Yes. Tina Charles, I believe is expected to resign by the end of the week. Um, Emma Misaman is They don't quite know the situation as we kind of figured they wouldn't because you know, she has the she has the Eurobasket, she has the Olympics. We're not sure those things are going to happen. So they're going to, I think what Coach T said, right, is they're going to hold a spot for her Yes. until after the Olympics, and then they'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but, man, he, this – He also said they didn't want her to be piecemealing time, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't want her here for two or three games and then go back over there and, and compete internationally and then come back and then go back for the Olympics. Like, he, he didn't want it to be that way. So I think they're still – trying to get everything figured out in terms of how they, they want that to look and, and what's best, obviously, for Emma. Yeah, but it's it's so exciting. I mean, on court, off court, people get to cover this game here in D.C. I'm really excited. Like, I'm just – I'm so excited to see them and, and see how this team's going to work out. And obviously, guess what? We have a Landell Don also coming back. Hopefully, I mean, if, if everything goes right, cross your fingers, you never know what's going to happen. But – we have Landell Don coming back. So yeah. yes, it is nice. It is nice to be in um, DC. And I think those are probably the three title favorites that we know of right now. Um, just because we don't know what Seattle, what's happening in Seattle with Natasha Howard. We don't know how they're going to replace Alicia Clark um, with Connecticut. Uh, Alyssa Thomas resigned. So she's going to be there for the next four years, but big contract too. Big contract. Deservedly so. I'm glad the team took care of her. Hard worker. But I saw those numbers, you know, the increase every single season. Starting at, I think the, the base was 200 mm-hmm. grand and then up to, I thought it was, what was it, 218? Yes. Uh, I, I don't, I'll, have, I'll, I'll look it up right now. Let me find out. Yeah. But it was like incremental uh, stair steps for that. I thought, you know, well deserved for her. And, you know, yes, she's out with, with her Achilles injury right now, but. You know, that just shows the support of Kurt Miller and, and their organization there in Connecticut and, and how they're standing by their players and mm-hmm. not going to, hey, you're hurt. We're not going to just, like, leave you uh, on the curb, you know. Like, we care about you, and you're going to take care of her. And and that's what it's all about, so. Yeah, and she, get, and she did give a little bit back in terms of, you know, she could have got the Supermax, and I'm sure before the Achilles injury, she would have gotten a Supermax um, – off you can't i mean it'd be weird but she probably would have got that that full she probably would have got the full brinks truck um yeah. but she gets a lot of money and the team's gonna stand by her and i'm wondering you know i don't think at this point 
they're going to suspend her um, without pay as you can do with injured players. So I'm, I'm just wondering how they're going to work that out. Um, but Jasmine Thomas is also back. So Connecticut's back. It's just Alyssa Thomas MVP candidate. So you're missing her. Things get a little different. Oh, and Brianna Jones came back as well. So I, yeah. I really, I, I like that. I think they're building something again, special in yeah. Connecticut. Um, but the other, so I did, so we finally should talk about Minnesota because we've been talking, we've been talking around Minnesota for a while. Uh, yeah. They bring in aerial powers. That's not official yet. They have to, the situation with aerial powers is that Minnesota currently has six protected contracts on their books because Kareem Christmas Kelly was waived last year after she got hurt, she gets paid. And because her contract is protected, it counts on the books as a protected contract. That means they already have six contracts on the books that are protected. Assumedly, Ariel Powers' contract is going to be protected. So there has to be some move, some machination that I'm sure Cheryl Reeve is figuring out to, to get Ariel Powers on the books as a protected contract. Regardless, she's signed there. Um, it's just not official. Kayla McBride is official. Natalie Achanwa is official. It looks like we're kind of getting back to Link's team that's, uh, you know, Championship contenders, right? They made the semifinals last year and they're adding these players. I know, but I was going to say, if Cheryl Reeve is on the bench, then they always have a chance. I mean, people wrote them off last year, though Augustus and a whole new uh, set of players there. But they, they, I mean, I think they surprised everyone but Cheryl Reeve and the people who believe in what she can do with, with what she has. I mean, she's a tremendous tactical coach who uh, just knows how to – make the best out of each player's opportunity uh, with the team. And it's just really impressive to always see um, the challenges that are presented to these great coaches. And they somehow just, you know, change things around. Oh, we used to do this. We can't because of personnel, but we can do this. And it's just so exciting to see that kind of, of juggling and not having them settle for, um, you know, that, that white noise that's, well, you know, they, they lost this, that, and the other thing. They don't have so-and-so mm-hmm. in this and that. And then, you know, to just naysay that themselves. Like, you can say that if you want to, but we can't do the things that we have in the past, but we can definitely play the way that these players that we have can play. And I just think that's that's the beauty of, of the experience that they have in the game as coaches. Yeah. I mean, we saw that. Mike Tebow, you know, you know, not a lot of people were down in the bubble for Washington. They were like, oh, geez. And then they won their first three games in a row. Everybody's like, oh, geez, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I just think that, you know, you can never count anybody out, especially coaches who have um, the experience and, and the understanding of players the way those two coaches in particular do. Yeah. Uh, I think we're in a really great spot in the league in terms of having a lot of really great coaches. You know, and some of them, the, the issue is, right, like not everyone can win all the games. And we're being positive right now because it's the time to be positive, man. It's free agency. Like, let's get – we don't have to We don't have to be negative. All, you know, we will have criticisms as we go along here, but we want to be happy because we have to find – you have to find those moments of happiness. But what my point is, like, we have a lot of really great coaches. We have a lot of really great players. And I think we're in a, we're in a time where the talent – is kind of going to give us an, an era of parity because right. All the teams we just mentioned. Yeah. I don't, I don't see a reason why they couldn't win a championship. All those, all those four teams I just mentioned, I don't see a reason they couldn't win a championship. I don't see why Connecticut couldn't be in the mix. I don't see why, you know, other teams can't throw a monkey wrench into this. Oh, Hey, Phoenix still has Diana Taurasi, Sally Diggins, Smith and Brittany Griner. So we're, we're in a really good spot in terms of parity coaching and player talent being distributed. Um, but as far back to, to talk about Minnesota more like specifically with Kayla McBride, I think she's going to have the best season of her career because of how Cheryl Reeve is going to use her. And so I asked, I asked Cheryl and Kayla about how, how they expect her, how they expect Kayla to be used. I used the example of, of Maya Moore, um, to kind of just say, Hey, like, this is someone you've you that has a Obviously, Kayla McBride's not Maya Moore. That's not what I'm saying. Everyone relax. Stop <laughs> typing. Stop typing on Twitter. Uh, but they they have similar skill sets. So how do you – are you going to use her like that? And and they both, like, had a really long answer saying, well, you know, we kind of – I kind of see her as a Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. 
And then, and then you have Kayla saying, I can be a Damian Lillard type player. And coach, coach Reeve is talking about how she's going to use her off all these different types of cuts, because what Kayla has been doing for the past couple of years is she's only been cutting to the three point line. Well, now she's going to be cutting to the basket. She's been cutting, she's been cutting in different ways and that makes her a much more dangerous player. So to me, that's what I'm most excited for to see the growth in Kayla McBride, to see her have um, that next step in her career. And it's not, shade to Bill and beer. They used her in the way they could use her because they all the talent that we just mentioned in Vegas. But I think Minnesota, Minnesota, Kayla McBride may end up having the best year of her career because of all the ways that Cheryl Reeve can use her along with all the ways that she can use Ariel powers and Natalie Chanwa and Nafisa Collier and Sylvia Fowles. It's like, Ooh, the, you could see her, you could see her being excited about just like all the possibilities. Yeah, I, I love that that she's there, and I love the analogy of her saying that she could be like Damian Lillard. Like he's such a flat out killer, and she could be that. She's a she has a clutch gene. She has the ability mm-hmm. to knock in shots when the team needs it. But I think all the players that you just mentioned on this Lynx roster, they all have one thing in common. I mean, they play the game with a tremendous amount of passion, and not that other teams don't have that, but they have like other teams may have a couple players you know, who display it on the outside, like aerial powers, like is a ball of fire, right? I mean, you have all these players that, that possess that same kind of energy. I mean, Natalie Chama, a huge contract for her. So congratulations on, on that signing. But I just think that, you know, when you have like-minded competitive people on the, on the same team, that's fun stuff. Like you don't have to drag it out of people, you know, who may be a little more introverted, which is fine because they're going to play hard. But when you're around that same kind of fiery energy, kind of like when I'm around you, like we have the same kind of <laughs> kind of thing, but there's a, there's a vibe there that you, that you respect, you understand it. Um, you can be yourself in it. And I just think that in Minnesota, they have so many players that, that have that outward, emotion and that outward display of, of their love of the game, the passion that they have for the game. I think that's just going to be a lot of fun for Cheryl Reeve to kind of tinker with all of the, the pieces that she has to the puzzle there. Now it's, you could see, you could see a change in her demeanor from last year. Cause last year she had a really good team and she got the most out of them, but she didn't have the, the weapons of an aerial powers of a Kayla McBride. And she still has, I mean, there, there might, again, they, they have to trade or do something. I don't know what they can do. And I, I, I'm, I read the cap, but I'm, there's probably something that um, they could figure out, but there's going to be a trade, but still you're, you, you have other people on the roster that did those same roles and did them well last year. And now you're bringing them back this year. And it's like, wow, she has depth. She has a very high talent and she probably is the best coach in this league. So I, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for Ariel too. Um, you know, I don't know if you – we should probably say something about how special she was here and, and how impressive it was to see her grow as a player and as a person. Um, and I hope she she didn't – I hope she – obviously, it's Ariel, so we know she's going to have the chip on her shoulder. Whatever happened, whatever happened in free agency, she's going to have a chip on her shoulder. Um, yeah. But I hope she, she looks back on her time in Washington favorably because I, I personally loved – seeing it up close and seeing how hard she worked and seeing what she brought to this team. I think she's going to bring the same thing in Minnesota and have that same sort of growth that I'm talking about with Kayla McBride. Yeah, it, it's tough. I, you know, I was, and that's another one. I told you I was over in our discussion last yeah. week about players that, that had the ability, the ability to leave and who, and, uh, and who would not leave. I, I just think that powers I thought would definitely come back to DC. I know at the end of the season this summer, Mike Tebow was saying that that was their main thing. Like they had to get powers re-signed and for that not to happen. I think, you know, to hear Mike Tebow on the, on the presser say that she had verbally agreed to return. um, That to me was, I I don't know. I was, I was kind of, I was kind of taken back by that because I, I thought that, Ariel would back up her word. If, if that's the case, like if you say, Hey, Ariel, do you want to come back? And she's like, yeah, I'm coming back. 
I mean, I would feel good if I'm the GM and coach, and then you make decisions about other players based on that, you know, with regards to salary cap and position and, and what the player brings to the table. But I was kind of, I was kind of actually shocked. I'm going to go ahead and say I was shocked that, you know, she had given her verbal word and then, you know, kind of started backpedaling. And that's the word that coach Tebow used. She, she kind of backpedaled when it came time to actually signing. And then they were kind of, you know, things started moving with Alicia Clark and, and then, you know, we know now what transpired, but I just think for, for everything that, that Ariel Powers uh, brought to DC, I mean, it was just this always an incredible level of energy you knew what you were getting with her every time she stepped on the court. It's the same thing she did at Michigan state for Susie merchant. And, you know, when they won the championship in 2019, right here in DC, Susie, Susie merchant was right there to cheer her on in the championship. So okay. she has a high level of loyalty, which is why, again, I was shocked that she would, she would go uh, to Minnesota. But I think that, you know, everybody has their own reasons. And we may not be privy to all the inner workings and underbelly situations uh, in that decision that she made. And clearly Washington wanted her. It wasn't a mystic uh, situation where they, Mm -hmm. oh, well, we're going to get Clark, so we're trading Ariel. So let's get that clear that that's not the case, Um, that it was totally Ariel Power's decision to leave. And then Washington had to do what they had to do to fill that spot, which they did. And, you know, I always will wish Ariel Powers very well. She was always uh, a a sweetheart to me and to uh, my kids. You know, we came to the game, always dapping them up and checking Mm -hmm. in on them. So just always just a great energy, great spirit. And uh, she's going to do great wherever she goes because of that positivity. But I I will say that I, I was shocked that she did not, uh, resign here in DC. Yeah. And just to, um, not that I'm going to refute Mike Tebow cause I never would. And I think Mike Tebow is actually the most honest coach in yes. professional basketball that he doesn't mince words. He's going to tell you exactly what he, what he felt. Um, but to be a lawyer really quick, a verbal agreement may not be what you, if you may not actually have the verbal agreement, um, yeah, do you know, tell. It, do, tell. do tell, Gabe, talk to me. There are situations that arise and, and this is a whole class that I took called contracts, um, that, you know, one side thinks we have a deal. And then the other side says, we didn't have a deal. I'm still looking around. And so there could be a situation and, you know, that's why I'm, I'm just urging caution to let Ariel tell her side of the story. I'm sure she will. Um, and and I you know I, I don't want to I, I don't want to put too much stock into well they you know they had a deal and she went back like I I want to give the space for that to work out and then we can we can have a bigger discussion on it I don't I think Mike Tebow is probably telling the truth I think even if Ariel says the exact opposite she's also telling the truth because this that's how these contract situations work um, but just like I am excited to see her grow and I think if I was her looking at that opportunity in Minnesota, um, you've already played with one of the best coaches in the WNBA. It'd be really cool to play with another one of the best coaches in WNBA history, right? Like to, for me, if I, if I'm looking at this from a, a growth perspective and Ariel's like 26, right? She, she's like my age. I believe so. I believe yeah. so. And I so she I, just had a birthday. So she might actually be my age. She might be 27. Uh, I'll look it up as I'm talking, but for me, yeah, she's 27. Um, But for me, I would be like, Hey, like that'd be really cool to see how good of a basketball I can player I can be after learning under Mike Tebow and playing with Elena Deladon and, and playing in this situation. That's been so great to go see what another situation is with coach Reeve and Sylvia Fowles and the, all these great players in Minnesota. I think it's pretty cool for me. That's something that I would do because I like to, I like to get out and, uh, and do different things as um, Christy gives me a side eye and shakes her head as she often does when we have these discussions. I know. And I, you know, and I respect what you're saying and I hear you full mm-hmm. on and I, I get it and I understand your, your angle on it, but my angle on it is why rock the boat? 
when you, like you said, are playing with Elena Deladon, Emma Mieseman, you have a chance to play with Tina Charles, you have Latoya Sanders re-signed, you got all the pieces back where you won a championship. Like to me, I, I understand like, okay, yes, you've gained invaluable experience because of it. Well, build on it with the same people. That's where I am. Not like, okay, I've grown from that and let me go and see what I can grow over here. That's, that's fine. I mean, I hear you, but that's so a lot. You got to like plant a new seed when you already had not just the tree growing, but the fruit was coming off of it nicely. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's right there. And then now you're like, well, let me go get the seed off of that piece of fruit and place it in the ground and then see what happens there. Golly, I'm just not a patient person. Like I, if it's right there, like I'm keeping that thing. Like, yes, we got the tree and the fruit. And we won the championship, everything like that. I'm not going to pick the fruit and mush it in the ground, see if it'll regrow. What if it doesn't regrow? Like, that's a gamble. That's, a, that's to me. Yeah, but Ariel's a gambler. I guess so. And that's not a slight to Minnesota because, like we said, yeah. their roster is fantastic. I love Cheryl Reeve to death. I, you know, uh, but for me, uh, like the athletic minded me, I wouldn't do that. So that's that. <laughs> that's that on no. that about that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I just wouldn't. You know, I already know what I have. I already know yeah. what I have here, and and it worked. Like there's no there's no experimentation that needs to continue. Like I, this is what it is, and and that's what there should be. But that's you know, I will always feel that way. I know. I know. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna so, quote. Uh, before I would do, we do need to talk about college because there's been a lot of college stuff and, and we're yeah. quickly running out of time before we have, we have to go to press conferences and all that. But I want to yeah. quote my favorite television show in the world, Avatar the Last Airbender. And I want to quote Uncle Iroh, who is my favorite character in all of television. Um, he says, it's important to draw wisdom from different places. If you take it from only one place, it becomes rigid and stale. Understanding others will help you become whole. To me, that's a very that's a very attractive idea. I think it's just it, it's a different type of person, right? You know, I think there's people like you, and there's players like you, like we said, and then there's players like me who wanna who who kind of wanna spread their wings and say, hey, okay, maybe it won't work out, but maybe it does, right? And maybe I'll become a better person for it. And maybe if it doesn't work out, I still become a better person for it. So I I I love it. Um, I love Ariel and, and we'll see her and, you know, hopefully she listens to this podcast and now she's going to, she's going to use you as, as motivation. Hey, I mean, if Shaq can say what he says about, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Donovan Mitchell goes off and uh -huh. he's like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. So thank you for going off. Like it, it must've been true then, you know, if that's the case. So I'm going to go ahead and put my Shaq hat on right now and say, you know, and AP knows I love her. So this is nothing like personal. She knows that I love that kid. So let's go. But um, yeah, I mean, if it motivates her, then good. Cause I want her to do well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if it no, gives her an extra, it gives her an extra log in the in the belly, you know, to, to keep that fire lit up. I'm good for that. I, I want to see her hoop it up. Go ahead. I mean, pretty pretty much all the people we talked we talked about here are going to use anything as motivation. You could tell them have a nice day, and they'll be like, "What if I don't want to have a nice day? I'm going to go out and be mad on the court." And then they'll go put up thirty. So like, you know, I'm Ariel's great. I hope she's uh, I hope she achieves all her goals in Minnesota, yeah. and I hope. Uh, I hope Alicia Clark also has a great time in DC. I hope all these players have very fruitful um, times and we didn't even get to all of the things we'll have to, we'll have to talk about it all throughout the off season, but we do really need to talk about college basketball because uh, we had a top four matchup on Monday, <laughs> just sliding under the radar with Louisville and NC state um, Louisville lost. They, they kind of, they kind of got beat pretty badly. It was not that close. Um, Elisa Cunane returned for NC State. She looked amazing. They killed, they absolutely killed Louisville inside. And now, to me, obviously the question is who's going to be number one after number one Louisville falls. I don't think there's another choice. It has to be NC State. They have the two best wins in the country. There's yeah. only two teams that have beaten number one team. 
There's one, actually, there's only one team that has been number one team this year. And it's NC State. It's the same team. So I think they have to yep. be number one, right? I do. I think they have to be number one coming up in the next week's AP poll, so that makes it easier for me at voting. <laughs> but I think for, for NC State, though, I mean, they're the only undefeated team in the top 25. And that speaks volumes. Mm. And They have one loss, and remember? Down, they, oh, yes, they one lost. loss. I'm sorry. Pardon, yes. pardon me, pardon me. Yes, they have the one loss. But I just think that for them, though, to do what they're doing, and Kunane to have the game that she had against Louisville with the understanding that they knew that she was going to be able to, you know, score in the paint and, and do all those things. They did not take that away from NC State or Kunane. I mean, she got they all couldn't. of the glass as well. And they, and they did not contain her. They didn't contain her. And that was the difference. You know, obviously, like you said, it's like they pounded the paint. They scored in there. And – you know, Wes Moore has done a tremendous job with the team in the absence of some players here and there throughout the course of this season. But again, another great coach who, who always finds a way to get it done. And I just think that, you know, South Carolina is right there too. But I think you have to, you know, measure everything. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, a lot of people are going to say South Carolina should be number one. I don't know how that could be you know, possible. I'm sorry. I mean, if you lose, if you play, and this is my problem. If you play and you lose, you should not be ahead of the team that beats you. Maybe in certain circumstances, right? Like, okay, right. I get that South Carolina is in front of NC State right now. I don't right. think you can do it when the other when NC State has been number one team and is looking like the the class of the ACC, which is a great conference. SEC is also a great conference, but it it I. I'm telling you, Christy, I'm telling you, if this happens in South Carolina's number one, I'm going to come on this podcast next week. I'm going to be very upset about it. I'm going to be very, very upset well, about be, it. There'll be a lot of people on Twitter that will be happy, though, because, um, you know, they, <laughs> the, um, what do they call them? The G-Hive? You know, yeah. The, the G-Hive, they're in full effect, man. They're watching every little thing, and they want to know why, and they want to know how, and... I mean, it's it's great conversation for the game. I mean, everybody thinks that their team is is the best. Oh yeah. And there's there's so many cases to be made for several teams to be the best, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and everyone has their own formula to what that actually is. So you have to respect that, and I respect you know the jihad coming through strong and and having questions <laughs> about placements on on uh, on rankings. If I but had to pick. Time, you got to be able to pick. Yeah. If I had, if I to, had pick, to pick I had a to champion pick. right now, it'd be South Carolina. Probably. Okay. Okay. But I just don't, it, rankings don't okay. necessarily reflect that. Rankings have to reflect yeah. where we are in this moment in time. And to me, right. the NC State deserves the reward of being the number one team in the country because of what they have put on their resume that no one else has. A, number, a team that has beaten the number one team twice in a season. There you go. That's 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 an incredible accomplishment. They deserve to be number one. I love South Carolina. And when we get to tournament time, I'm sure I'll be making a case as to why they're going to be the national champion. But right. right now, it's 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 more about a process thing. And you know, I'm I'm a nerd lawyer, so like this this stuff matters to me. Like it, NC State should be number one, just from like a ju- a, a pure justice perspective. NC State should be yeah. number one. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at it like that, obviously, yes. I mean, there's no other team who has done what they have done. So, I mean, just legitimately, they've earned it. They've yeah. they've earned it at this juncture of the season. They've earned a number one ranking. So, I mean, I know a lot of people probably have their own reasons why that that shouldn't be the case, but that's just too bad because that's that's what it is. And I think that's what it's going to be on Monday afternoon when the AP poll comes out. NC State will be right at the top. Well, I, we, we will we will see. We will see. Um, I did want to flip it over quickly to the Big Ten, um, your conference, despite, again, I will say this every time we talk about the Big Ten. Maryland does not belong in the Big Ten. Maryland's an <laughs> ACC school. But regardless, that's where we are now in life. Um, Ohio State and Iowa are playing against each other on Thursday. You're calling the game. I'm really excited for this one. Caitlin Clark's in it. What, what else should I be watching for in this game? Monica Sinano on the interior. Okay. I mean, she is a legit scorer in the post. I mean, shooting almost 60% from the floor. Mm. And the inside-outside. I mean, Clark is going to give you – I mean, she's 
she was, I don't know specifically right now, but she was leading the Big Ten in scoring, and that could have changed by a, a tenth of a point over mm-hmm. like the next uh, day or so. But, I mean, she's a freshman, and, you know, she's already won freshman of the week. I don't know, I think it's like every single week. And then <laughs> one of those actually the uh, player of the week and freshman of the week um, a couple of weeks back. So, I mean, this is a kid I'm anxious to see. I mean, we were supposed to do the – the Iowa Maryland game, but Iowa didn't want to come in right after the inauguration for mm-hmm. safety reasons and everything like that. So I haven't had a chance to really get my eyes on her and call a game with Caitlin Clark in it, but there's this great picture of Caitlin Clark, the freshman and Lindsay Pulliam of Northwestern. And she was kind of Jordan shrugging at Lindsay Pulliam. And you couldn't see Pulliam's face, but I'm sure it was like, this is a freshman, like giving me all, all of these nonverbal like blues. Like it was great. But I just think she has so much incredible confidence. I think obviously to be able to to score the ball like that and to, you know, draw probably the better perimeter defenders and still be able to operate the way that she's operating. I, you know, I, I'm just impressed by her game. But I think when you have a, a team like Ohio State that Northwestern just beat the other day, mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's going to be an incredible game. I mean, they held Ohio State 27 points below their average in that game. They played some amazing defense. They stayed true to their zone, and they were all over the place. And they did not let Ohio State get downhill. They they clogged the corners and the gaps and didn't let them get in the paint. And, and they were aggressive on the offensive end. I mean, and we don't talk about Veronica Burton enough. I mean, she had 15 rebounds from the guard position in that game. Almost had a triple-double. She had nine assists. I was wanting her to get the 10th assist so bad. I was like, give her a screen and roll off that thing. (laughs) the 10th assist already. But I believe she had 25 uh, 25 points, I believe. And then she had 15 boards and and nine assists uh, against Ohio State, but was just a monster on both sides. I mean, she Mm -hmm. took two charges. Like, she was all over the place. So – no, and Ohio State was number 11 at the time on a couple of days ago, and um, Northwestern was 22nd in the country. So you're talking about five teams being ranked in the top 25 in the Big Ten. And, you know, Joe McEwen said it best the other day. He said, hey, we just had a, a dogfight with Iowa. Why aren't they ranked? Like all the yep. teams in the conference are tough, top to bottom, and you're going to be tested in different ways every night. So I just think it's it's going to be an exciting matchup, like all the games so far in the Big Ten have been. But – you know, you can never mark a team in the win column, you know, when you're talking about the Big Ten and, and who you think is going to win, maybe because of rankings and all the things we were just talking about. Sometimes it's about matchups. Sometimes it's about who's who's coming with all of the smoke and, you know, on defense and and who's not, who's ready to go and who's not. So I think it's just uh, it's just fun to watch, watch all that. It, so it's been, be a weir- it's been a weird season, but it's been extremely fun in the Big Ten because of all the things you said. Like, it's an any night sort of deal. And this is, you know, I think this is what Big Ten basketball on both sides for men and women strives to be. Uh, and it's really cool to see, you know, the these kind of uh, hallowed halls being being used so well, um, despite Maryland not belonging in the conference. I will never I'm never going to get over that. Just just going to let everyone know. I'm never, ever getting over Maryland being in the Big Ten. But I'm very excited for Ohio State, Iowa. Um, anything else? I don't have – I don't think we're missing anything, I mean, other than a bunch of free agency signings and a bunch of great college games. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, we're not missing anything. I mean, how exciting has it been, though, this whole week? And, you know, we're still not finished yet, obviously. But a lot of great games still on on the curb waiting for us to observe them. I just think it's going to be fun to to see the, the WNBA free agency continue to unfold and – the things that are said in these, like you said, in the press conferences and giving the other uh, side of the story on, on a lot of these situations, I think that'll be fun to, oh, to listen to as well. I'm sorry. We do have to talk about one more thing very quickly. UConn, South Carolina is on Monday if everything goes well. Oh. Um, <laughs> yes, please. I would love to. And, and the thing is, it's happening at the same time as Arizona, Oregon, which I'm not particularly happy about. So I'm going to have to double – I'm gonna have to double screen this, and it's just gonna be a mess for me. But that's that's a me problem. South Carolina or UConn? Give me a quick winner. Who do you think? Oh man! Oh man! Oof! Oof! 
Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go, I have to go. Listen, I'm going to go with South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaliyah Boston, I think, is going to be the X factor. Uh, I don't know if they have quite the answer for her ability to score the ball inside and outside, her ability to board. I think um, they're going to have a hard time containing her. So I'm going with South Carolina. I agree. I think I think South Carolina. Um, obviously, UConn's a really good team. They're just younger. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, if we're doing the transitive property sort of thing, South Carolina beat Arkansas pretty handily and Arkansas beat UConn. I know it's a weird season, but I, know. I think that's enough for me to pick. That's enough for me to pick South Carolina. Should be a great game in stores, Connecticut, though. On Monday night, everyone cross your fingers, though, and hope that we just didn't drink it by talking about it. I know. Let's just, you know, keep that on the up and up. It is all good vibes, you know, and get us to the jump ball and all that. Or the possession, whatever. So, all right. So I know there are so much more to talk about, but we're going to have to push the brakes, hard screech, right? And stop this, uh, this train from rolling. But it's always uh, a great conversation with you, Gabe. And we had so much to talk about with the WNBA free agency, so many great college games, but also great college games coming up too that we can discuss next time here on Courtside with Christy and Gabe. We will see you soon. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.